Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, lots to talk about, far too much to talk about today. Uh, so I'm going to have to hold over again some of these uh, stories that I want to get to until later this week, kind of like I had to do with the the Chinese population story last week. But you know, so if, if, you, if you've been listening throughout the day, I, I had a promo. I want to talk about the special session on the insurance crisis in Louisiana. Well, we've also got the Katie Bernhardt ad that dropped yesterday that I want to talk about. We've got the fact the Biden administration has now admitted, well, sort of admitted, they're not outright saying it, but they've released a report that basically admits cutting the key or, or revoking the the um, revoking the license, the, the, the licenses, the approvals for the Keystone XL pipeline was a mistake, cost us tens of thousands of jobs. I want to get to that at some point. Uh, the fact the Biden document scandal is getting worse, have to get to that at some point. There's just a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it. So what I'm going to focus on, I'm going to focus on the state right now. I, I want to focus on what's going on in the state uh, because you guys hear the national stuff. You hear it on Bongino. You hear some of it on Moon. I want to talk about the state stuff. I want to give you a breakdown there because there have been some developments. And I want you to understand uh, just at least how I'm seeing some of the stuff that's going down right now. But in order to uh, do that, we we have to really just take a deep dive into it. So let's start with... The insurance special session set to start on January 30th. So that is a week from today. And my very first question on this is, what can the what can the Louisiana legislature actually do? What can the legislature do to fix the insurance crisis? Now, granted, there are two insurance crises in the state of Louisiana. There's the car insurance, the auto insurance crisis, which has been ongoing for years. We've tried to get through things like tort reform and stuff like that. But now we've got the home insurance crisis. And this one is what uh, Jim Donlin, uh, commissioner of insurance, is focused on. Uh, it's what now John Bell Edwards is focused on with the what our legislative leaders are focused on in Baton Rouge. There's a problem here. There is not much legislatively that they can do other than throw money at the problem, which is what Jim Donlin's asking for. Jim Donlin's asking for the legislature and John Bell Edwards to throw millions of dollars into the Insure Louisiana Incentive Program. The program, according to a letter that was sent to legislative leaders by Jim Donlin, will grant will award grants of between two and ten million dollars to each qualified company that applies and is permitted to participate. Those companies will provide one hundred percent matching funds for the grant they receive, and the total new premium required to be written by each company is at least two times that total amount. A company that receives a $5 million grant would ultimately be required to write at least $20 million in new premium. And at least half of that $20 million would have to be written in the 37 high-risk go-zone parishes. 
Companies must stay on that coverage for a five-year period and will earn 20% of the grant in each of those five years. The participating companies will be subject to enhanced solvency monitoring, including, but not limited to, newly increased capital and surplus requirements, monthly reporting, in-depth reinsurance program reviews, and premium limits in each parish. In other words, the state is going to give companies about a quarter of the new premiums that those companies will be required to take. So again, like the letter says, if a company comes in and says, all right, we will write policies for home insurance in these at-risk portions of the state, we want $5 million. That company then has to provide policies that will cover a premium of $20 million because they have to provide a match to whatever they get in the grant, and then they have to provide coverage for double that amount. So $5 million from the state, $5 million from that company. They have to write double that, so that's $10 million, so up to $20 million. They have to provide $20 million in new premium. So we're going to throw money at these companies to get them to come back, this incentive program. The problem, and you heard Moon say it earlier, John Bell Edwards has already said this is an important first step. Now, there are eight words that should make you grab your wallet and hold on to it for dear life. The first five come from our legislative leaders and come from the governor and come from Jim Donlin. And they say, we have to do something. Five dangerous words. Then John Bell Edwards comes in and calls it an important first step. Three more words. Eight words that should make you cower in fear about what they're going to do with your money. legislatively, they don't have the power to do much other than throw money at this. The commissioner of insurance, Jim Donlin, his office wields a lot of power. And they also don't really know how to use that power. Because we're in a crisis. We've been in a crisis with auto insurance. We're in a crisis with the housing market, with housing home insurance. The problem is, we've known for at least a decade that this crisis in home insurance was coming. I've known it's been coming. Because when I first moved down here about 10 years ago, wait, more than 10 years ago, wait, yeah, 10 years ago, I moved down here 10 years ago. One of the pieces of advice advice I was given when I was searching for a place to live is you don't want to buy a mobile home because insurance companies in South are not covering those in South Louisiana. And over the past few years, we've heard slowly that it's not been a big announcement, but insurance companies were starting to get a lot more hesitant to write insurance policies below I-10. And if they did, the rates were going to go up by a lot because of the hurricane season. And yes, a couple of years ago, we had a really bad hurricane season and 2005 had a really bad hurricane season. 
But the solution can't just be throw money at it. But I don't know what the solution is. We live in a place that is very risky to live. If you buy or build a house in South Louisiana, there's a really good chance your home is going to get hit by a hurricane or subsequent damage from winds and flooding. That's a risk you take for living down here. Can you compel a private business, which is an insurance company, which is what an insurance company is? Can you compel a private business to cover that? I'm not sure that you can. This incentive program seems to be a way to just barely get around that. But it's still throwing money at an issue and it doesn't actually solve the problem. Because even if you are going to write $20 million worth of new premium, how many homes is that actually going to cover with rates being what they are, with the risk being what it is? That's a problem. Your calls, 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. When we come back, we've got a lot of state stories to get through. Wrap up this conversation. If you want to call, if you want to chat through the uh, KPL app chat, you can. I also want to get into this political ad from Katie Bernhardt because it, there's some implications here that we need to talk about as well. All that and more here on the News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. You can also send a message through the KPL app chat. Uh, going back to this uh, Insure Louisiana program. Again, this was a program that was started after Hurricanes Rita and Katrina. Again, just hurricane season in general does a number to our insurance market. Uh, especially when we have those devastating hurricanes hit. How many insurance companies will participate? It's actually one of the subheads in Jim Donlin's letter to legislative leaders. Five insurance companies participated in the post-Katrina incentive program. We have received seven inquiries about participating in the new program so far, five of which are currently licensed. Companies whose owners, officers, or directors were associated with any of the companies that failed in 2021 or 2022 will be prohibited from receiving grant funds. I'm worried that this incentive program is not going to be enough and as John, Bed John Bell Edwards said, it's only going to end up being that, quote, important first step. The insurance companies have an incentive to make as much money as possible. But insurance companies also have a lot more money than you and I know. One of the reasons that auto insurance, that car insurance here in Louisiana is such a problem is that auto insurance companies have massive war chests. 
they take their they take the money they get from premiums and they start they just put it in, in investment accounts and the money just grows. A lot of their profit comes from those investments rather than the money they get from you and me. And so whenever somebody sues somebody else over a car accident and the insurance company just says, well, let's just settle. The insurance company is fine just settling. They can afford it. It's not going to be much of a hit on them. But your rates go up because of it. And because the insurance company has really very little incentive to fight it through and to fight it all the way through, they'll fight it for a little bit and then they'll, you know, settle. You get you get stuck with the bill. While all that is happening, the rates continue to go up. More people are incentivized to sue because they're getting those payouts. We have billboards along the interstates that show that. They can afford every billboard in the state. They can afford to continue suing people on behalf of others. It's almost impossible for anybody with a trucking company to be based in Louisiana because of insurance. Getting regular auto insurance in Louisiana is a hassle unless you find a company that happens to do uh, that happens to do roll ups where you can uh, you can insure your home, your vehicles, everything all together and get a bit of a discount on that. It's kind of the same with the house with, with, with home insurance. And there's a lot more steps involved because we've got to talk appraisals. We've got to, you know, we've got to go back and forth, you know, trying to get the money that you need to fix whatever needs to be fixed in the house. There's a lot of steps that go to getting your money for, from home insurance companies for your policy. And the companies don't mind dragging it out. We've seen multiple news stories over the past couple of years of companies dragging this out. And as a result, people aren't getting the money they desperately need to fix up their house. They've got to go out of pocket or worse, take out a loan while they try to have this fight. Throwing money just to attract more companies in is just the first step. The companies are not incentivized to be more efficient and to be uh, more compassionate to their customers. They are only incentivized to make as much money as possible. So the incentive program, sure, maybe some more companies will come in and will help the and it will help ease the burden of the 20 or so companies that are no longer in the state. But does that actually help you and me? Or does it just give some companies more money from the state, money they don't actually have to earn? That's my problem here. My problem is that we're throwing money and not fixing the problem. My other problem is going to be inevitably somebody's going to come up with a quote package of solutions and throw through and, and rush through this omnibus bill that will never get anything done because there will be something in it somebody objects to and the package will never get passed. That's why I got so aggravated at the tort reform efforts of a couple of years ago, because there were plenty of good things and some bad things, but they threw everything together in one bill. 
and nothing could get through. None of the good stuff could go through because all the bad stuff was weighing it down. There should not be omnibus bills. There should not be these massive multi-level packages that sail through the legislature. If there's an issue, you pass a bill. Then on an unrelated issue, that gets its own separate bill. We don't need to be stacking 20, 30 different items into one bill when one or two of those items might sour the other 18 to 28 items that we really desperately need. That's one thing that that government, that legislature continuously misunderstands. Insurance, like most things, is a very complicated business. And this complicated business has too many layers to be solved by just one bill or just one action. You have to work on it from multiple angles in multiple different bills to try to get the solutions that you want. And that's not just insurance. That's a lot of different policies. All right, let's take our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, what was up with that Katie Bernhardt ad? We're going to talk about that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can also send a message through the KPL app chat. Somebody reached out... Uh, on Twitter, so uh, PPC usually responds via Twitter, all the insurance talk will never work without tort reform, which is absolutely correct. But like I was saying in the last segment, tort reform is never going to happen so long as legislators continue to pack everything into one bill, good, bad, and ugly, and expect people to pass the ugly. It's just not going to happen. But I want to move on now to... The most cringeworthy thing to happen this weekend. I've spoken with people on the left and right about this ad. And before I get it, I just want to play it first. Let's just let's just play the ad first. What do I think about politics? It's broken. It sucks. I hate it. But why? It's ineffective. They don't do anything. Wait, who are you anyway? Yeah, who are you? I'm Katie Bernhardt, someone who remembers a time when our future was brighter than our past. Ain't that the truth? Tell me about it. A Louisiana where the national nonsense didn't stand in the way of us coming together. Finally, someone with common sense. Yeah, common sense. Who are you again? I'm Katie Bernhardt, a local business owner and someone ready to work hard for our children's future. Opportunity, that's what we need. Quality of life. For our kids. For our grandkids. How do we get back to that? It starts with electing people with strong character and even stronger values. And a little bit of firepower. So, who are you for anyway? I'm for Team Louisiana, and I'm here to tell you that help is on the way. Call me Katie, and I'll call it like I see it. You have to watch the ad. You have to go online and watch the ad. I'm gonna I'm gonna have it on uh, kpl965.com later. I'm gonna write a, a brief story about it. But I've tried to figure out the nicest way to talk about this, and I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to. And I I want to be on the record first that there's no I this is not not a personal attack against Katie Bernhard. This is not a personal attack against her or anything like that. This ad, whoever directed it, whoever put it together, 
needs to be fired. This is an atrocious ad from the script to the shots to the digitally inserted exploding clay pigeon. It's not a good ad. The ad is for Team Louisiana, a political action committee in Louisiana that appears to be started and appears to be ready to support Democrats. You will note in there that she never once says she's a Democrat. She said, I'm a mom, I'm a businesswoman. She does not mention the fact that she is the chairwoman of the Louisiana Democratic Party. That's a tell. The other thing, and this is this is what's really, this is what's getting to me. If your ad has to take time for someone to say, who are you, so you can explain, you've already lost. If your own ad cannot avoid saying, who are you, you're done. Outside of Democratic leadership and anybody who reads really closely the political news in the state of Louisiana, nobody knows who Katie Bernhardt is. She is the chairwoman of the Democratic Party of Louisiana. She was in a bit of a tiff with Gary Chambers during the Senate campaign because the Democratic Party, under her leadership, chose not to endorse one single candidate, but instead endorsed all three candidates that the Democrats had. Which ended up hurting Gary Chambers and also actually would have ended up hurting Luke Mixon and uh, what was her name? Steve? Uh, Sorry, Steve? The other candidate by not endorsing one candidate, what you're saying is the party's not going to unify behind one person. And that costs all three of them support. I don't care if she'd endorsed or if the Democratic Party had endorsed Chambers or Mixon. But the fact of the matter is, had they endorsed one person, they could have you they could have put all of their resources behind that one person by endorsing three. You really can't put your your resources behind any of the candidates. And so you're costing them. Now, the rumor is, this comes from uh, Jeremy Alford, the rumor is people are approaching Gary Chambers saying, all right, you've got to run to stop this. You've already been in battle with her. You know what it's like. And he's considering it. Dr. Sean Wilson, Secretary of Transportation under John Bill Edwards, also still heavily considering, heavily weighing that run. But this ad is a problem. And it's not just... It's not just a political problem, and it's not just a bad ad. It, it's not illegal, but it is flirting with the line. Here's why. It is rumored that Bernhardt herself wants to run for governor. Greg Hilburn, with uh, USA Today Network, you can find this at the advertiser's website, Greg Hilburn's reporting this is basically an introductory ad for a gubernatorial run. She doesn't say she's running for governor. She is not filed to be a candidate for governor, which is good. Because if this ad were an introduction to her and not an ad to introduce Team Louisiana PAC, she is the candidate would be coordinating with a PAC, which is illegal. It's a violation of election law. 
Now, I'm not saying she did anything illegal. She's not a candidate. She is endorsing the PAC. She is promoting the PAC. But it also very obviously serves as an introduction to her. She is very clearly setting herself up for something. Most people think it's a run for governor. And consider that you have Sean Wilson, Secretary of Transportation under John Bell Edwards, a a respected black Democrat in the state of Louisiana, particularly here in South Louisiana. Consider that Gary Chambers has accused her of saying that a black candidate could not win a statewide race in Louisiana. And now she's setting up to run against um, against uh, Sean Wilson. Maybe she does think a black candidate can't win statewide. Maybe that is the case. Be pretty problematic for her to think that considering her party's voting base is 66% black. And that they are more mobilized when there is a black candidate on the ballot. But if Sean Wilson decides to run and Katie Bernhardt decides to run and Hillary Moore, uh, the district attorney from East Baton Rouge Parish, decides to run, well, now the Democrats have the exact same problem that the Republicans do. Too many candidates splits their vote. And if the Republicans, I mean, if the Democrats can't decide, they'll just stay home. Republicans are at least motivated to try to win the governor's mansion. Democrats already have it. But if you have two white people in Moore and Bernhardt running against the one black candidate, uh, Sean Wilson, or if Gary Chambers jumps in and there's two, and the black vote is not only split, but they see the two white candidates, including the leader of the Democratic Party in the state of Louisiana, attacking or at least trying to disallow the black candidates from becoming governor. The black voters will just stay home. They're not going to go out and vote and, uh, and all that. There are some very, very big strategic errors here. She is preparing a run for governor, despite the fact that there is one, possibly two black candidates who are going to get involved. I've said since the U.S. Senate run that Chambers was looking for a way to build a statewide network in order to run for governor. I still believe that's probably the case. Now, the results of the U.S. Senate race were less than uh, what he was probably hoping for. But if people are supporting him or if the person that he sees is one of the reasons the Democratic Party wouldn't back him has decided to run for governor, he's going to go all in. And I don't blame him. Actually, it kind of reminds me of a time back in. Uh, God, this was years ago in Natchitoches Parish. uh the seat that was held by uh, Lieutenant Colonel Kenny Cox, um, the, the, the house seat in Natchitoches Parish. Uh, before that, it, that seat was held by Rick Nowlin. And, 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 and during the initial race that Nowlin eventually ran, there were several other candidates. One of those candidates was former mayor of Natchitoches, Joe Sampate. And another candidate was named Mac James. For whatever reason, Sampate, 
according to rumor, told James not to run because everybody was backing Nowlin, and then Sampate got into the race, which infuriated James. So James jumped into the race just to play spoiler for Sampate and spent the entire campaign, including a glorious debate, attacking Sampate. Did not care about anybody else, did not care about winning, just wanted to attack that, that one other candidate. I find it very likely that Gary Chambers could jump in just as play spoiler to Katie Bernhardt. There is no love lost between those two, it sounds like. Now, of course, she is the chair of the Democratic Party. She can't say that she has this rivalry or this 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 whatever with Gary Chambers. But he obviously believes she does. And if she's going to jump in and run, he's going to have something to say about it. Which will make for a fascinating political dynamic. So now we've gone from Sean Wilson and maybe Katie Barnhart to and maybe Hillar Moore to now possibly four candidates with an incentivized Gary Chambers wanting to jump back in. Four Democrats. I mean, all you need is two Democrats to completely upend their chance to repeat what John Bell Edwards did. Two significant Democrats. All of a sudden the Republican Party's chances don't look so bad because everybody, even though there's multiple candidates in there, everybody seems to be lining up behind Jeff Landry. Multiple Democratic candidates vying for that voting base, especially a 66% black voting base that is tired of white elite Democrats running their party. That's going to make for a very troublesome dynamic for the Democratic Party in 2023. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back for our final segment here on the Joe Cunningham Show. If you want to call in, 232-1542, be glad to talk to you. Also on Twitter, at Joe P. Cunningham, or the KPL app chat. If you just send a message there, I'll be glad to talk to you. We'll be back in a moment here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL, 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. Uh, you can also send a message through the KPL app chat. All right. Um, I, I, what I admire most out of everything that happened over the weekend, because a, a lot of these news stories came from just stuff that developed over the weekend. Of all the things that happened this weekend, what I admire most is that the Dallas Cowboys invented new and exciting ways to let their fans down. It was absolutely incredible. If you are a Dallas Cowboys fan, I apologize for what you're going through right now. And it's probably not helping to hear me talk about it. I watched the game start to finish. I will not be able to talk to my wife's family who lives in Texas for about a week or so because I want them to get over it. I can only laugh as somebody who watched the Saints this season. But... Good Lord. And then, on top of everything else, on Twitter, earlier today, the Dallas Cowboys official account ran right over Dak. They threw him right over the bus. That, uh, I'd, let me find this tweet because I think this is just extraordinary. 
um, you know, Prescott gave his, uh, he gave, you know, his, his post game speech and said, this, this is on me. Uh, you know, this, this is something that, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to live with that sort of thing. The Dallas Cowboys ended up and yeah, here's the tweet. Dag said, it's unacceptable 100% on me. That's the quote on the Dallas Cowboys website. They, they wrote a little story, a little press briefing, whatever. Here's the tweet. Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in the narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. That is throwing Prescott over the, uh, under the bus, running over him, backing up, and then doing it again. You cannot say that was entirely on Prescott, considering the 49ers are one of, if not the best defense in the league this year and had, I think, more interceptions than anybody else in the league this year. Yes, Dak didn't play well. Dak also didn't miss six of his last eight field goals. That was on Brett Maurer. A lot of mistakes were made on the Democrat, on the Democrats, God, on the Cowboys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See, this is what happens when you get too steep in the political stuff. A lot of mistakes were made by a lot of Cowboys last night. But watching the, exa- the exasperated look on Jerry Jones' face, I think, is one of the bright moments of my night. I do feel bad for Cowboys fans. I don't like for anybody to uh, see their fans get hurt. Uh, I, I don't like for, for fans to, to be let down so hard. I wish everybody could just be happy. But I feel really bad for Cowboys fans because it was like a, it was like a long tease to get to that point, and then they just collapsed in the postseason. Like, it was bad. Yeah, they won last week, but it was still a bad win. But I will say this as we wrap up. You know, seeing Elijah Mitchell play really well in the playoffs, that's kind of awesome to watch as somebody who covered him when he was a high school player, watched him play for UL, and now he's playing for the San Francisco Giants and doing a pretty good job of it. All right, you guys have a fantastic day. I'll be back in 23 hours. Meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. You can also sign up for my Substack, which, by the way, has bonus commentary on there if you want to hear more of me, aside from just the podcast of the show, JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com. I'll be back again tomorrow. Shannon is offsides next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.